All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Haba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever. Yeah. All right. Camera. What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk. That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, toys. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Hey, you know what I saw uh, at MJR when I went to go see Sully this week? The, up in a big banner is uh, Transformers The Last Night. Did you oh. see that? No. You didn't see that at all? They already got it hanging up. I didn't know that that was the title for it, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Transformers The Last Night. Mixed with a little Dark Knight. <laughs> Maybe the Dark Knight, yeah. No. Of course, the Transformers, the last night shot here in, in Michigan, in Detroit. You may know a few people that worked on that. And they've already got, I just, I'm so surprised it comes out next year and they've already got a banner up at MJR. That's cool. Pretty great. Posted that on Instagram and Facebook, this little photo I took of it. And MJR liked it. That was kind of exciting. Thanks, MJR social media person. They never like any of my stuff. <laughs> Gallon, how's it going? We're, we're, well, other than that, it's fine. <laughs> well, they, they don't like your pictures? No. That's what you're you're upset about it. Yeah, well, you gotta tag yourself more at MJR. I, yeah, I do. I tag myself at MJR on Facebook, but not on Instagram. Yeah. 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 yeah um, hey, it's just the two of us today. One on one here. Um, we are. Uh, Mitch is, is busy, so we're decided. We, you know, because we, I said last week we're gonna do a consecutive podcast because we haven't done t- one after another uh, in a very long time. But we're here again this week, so uh, let's let's get at it. This is the Woodward's Filmcast, your Detroit podcast for film, TV, news, and discussion. My name is Kale Davida. I'm here as I am every week with my friend Colin Ward. Me, Colin, and usually Mitch. We get together every week. We see a movie. We sit around and talk about it. Uh, in depth. This week, Colin and I saw Sully. This is the Clint Eastwood, Tom Hanks film about uh, the Hudson River miracle in 2009, uh, where uh, U.S. Airways flight landed safely on the Hudson River in New York. Um, and we will get to that movie in a bit, and we will talk a lot about it. Uh, but first, well, before we get into some film and TV news, as we do, before we talk about our movie. Colin, you, you got a little uh, addition to yourself today. I do. This is exciting. I, do, yeah. I got a tattoo. You got something. a tattoo. Is it your yeah. first tattoo? First tattoo. Very first tattoo. I've been thinking about getting this one and getting a tattoo for like a year and a half, two years now. So I finally just pulled the trigger a few weeks ago and made the appointment. And it happened on Sunday. So this is a podcast and no one can see it. But uh, tell uh, the listening audience what your first tattoo was. It's is. on my left arm and um, like on the back side of my arm. And it's um it's an equal sign. Um, repping the equality, equality. sign. Yeah. Hell yep. yeah. Yep. Not just for, you know, gay people. But I mean, of course, that is, you know, the launching pad for me right. for getting it. But... Um, just you know, all races, genders, sexual orientations, equal pay, um, all that stuff. I think falls under this umbrella, and I, I just like to have it on my body to remind myself how important that is. And if other people see it, maybe start a conversation with them too. I'm sure the rest of your life, forever, that's going to start a conversation. 
Um, well, I hope it would get to the point where it won't need to start a conversation. Well, well I just, I mean, tattoo, I mean, I feel like regardless of what it is, tattoos always are good conversation starters. Yeah. But obviously that is a, a positive conversation starter, hopefully. Um, you can get colors, right? No, it's just black. No, I know, but you can, right? Like, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Why, do, you, do you choose black or do you mm-hmm. just like... Yeah, I, I, I wanted to do black the whole time. Like, is red the, like, the quote-unquote like, official? No. Is it, is it usually red? Like when I see that, like bumper the the equal sign bumper sticker. Is it? Am I wrong? Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. I think I or Facebook know. profile pictures I've seen. Yeah, that one was red, but the human rights campaign one is yellow. Oh okay. Oh yeah. That's and then right. some people do it rainbow, but I like I like black. I don't want any hardly any tattoos with color in them. So I just like, and I think it's pretty jarring to look at. Sorry, I'm fascinated because I I don't have a tattoo. I feel like I could never commit. There's, I mean, there's so much commitment there. It's mm-hmm. like you got to figure out what part of your body you want it on, mm-hmm. and you have to figure out what it is, what color, how big, right? Yeah, yeah. that's so much to consider. It is. I mean, they, why, that's why, why it took left, me two why years. Why the inside of your left arm? Um, I don't know. I look. I think I like talk with my left hand a lot, a lot more than my right hand because my right hand I'm normally holding something. You're right-handed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like it's like you wear a watch in your left hand. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like whatever you. It's like the the accessory hand exactly. is, is the, yeah. the non-dominant hand. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I can't too late to change now, but, <laughs> but when I, so I, whenever I, I knew I wanted to get it on my like back forearm, um, so like I showed him and then I, you know, I realized when I'd look like this and then when I turn my arm around, like my wrist is like new, that's like not new, but like, <laughs> like, like you, that's, you, yes, you, you yeah. see it. And then when you turn it over, you don't see it. Right. I didn't realize at the time that when I can still see it, I, when, see it. Yeah, it's still I thought visible. I would have to right. turn it all the way to see it. So I, I see it all the time now, which is, which fun. is fine. Yeah. But right. I thought it would be something I would look at just whenever I turn my wrist over. All right. Now, now two more questions. Cause, uh, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, did it hurt? Not as much as I thought it would. And I think I psyched myself up to think that it was really going to hurt. Do you take pain? Or are you like the kind of guy that goes to a doctor and hits a shot? Or like I don't like like it, but I can deal with it. I know, I'm not really like I don't normally care. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know it was about like a four out of ten. Okay, but I mean I get it on my wrist and well arm and closer to the bone is that's what more, it hurts more. Yeah, and I mean I got a lot of cushion going on on the arm. <laughs> so all right, now they say that because uh, I have a lot of friends with tattoos and they say that they're addicting. Uh-huh. Have you thought of the next one? Are you like you get out of the chair or, or, or table or whatever and you're like. All right, I I know what I'm getting next. Well, I've knew I've known too that I kind of want to get, um, and I've you know had this for a while. But I mean, all the ones I want to get are really small because, like, while it's not painful, it's uncomfortable, and I don't want to be sitting down for like two hours. Like, yeah, so sometimes it's another commitment thing. There's so much effort to go into this. But yeah, it's a life. It's only a lifelong thing, so it might as well be right. Yeah, but I mean, I I think I know. The one that I would get more recent, but again, this is probably like a year or two away that I would get another one. It's, I know, I, I just got this one. I'm not like jumping at the bit to get another one, <laughs> okay. but I know what I want if I get one. Is it film related? You're gonna get it? No, it's me. We get the Woodward's logo across your chest. <laughs> yeah, are you paying? <laughs> <laughs> if I did, would you get it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's a music related one, but oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm thinking, and it only elevated um when prince passed away i kind of want to get the the prince love symbol somewhere i feel like yeah that's and that's a, that's a very tattooable logo yeah that's 
cooler. Yeah. But I don't know how big. I don't know where. So this is all all the way down the line. Right. Right. Um, well, that's cool. I don't know. I don't think I would I, I just get like a, a Yoda quote. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. And then like my inner thigh size matters not. That's <laughs> uh, an oldie. Um, <laughs> well, we, as I said, we're going to talk about Sully in a moment here, but let's talk about some news going on in the, in the TV movie world. Not, not a whole lot. Um, Really, I, I've spent all day kind of looking up news and I uh, didn't come across much, but um, we did talk about Toronto Film Festival and uh, Venice. Mm-hmm. So Venice ended, Toronto's still going on. Yeah. Some buzz from Toronto. Uh, what is this? Hold on. Uh, La La Land still getting a lot of love. Yeah. La La Love. Yeah. And um, what else? I was telling you, I, I read about this this movie called Raw. It's a horror movie about, it's a French horror movie about a vegetarian who uh, ends up becoming a cannibal. And I guess it's first screening at Toronto. People like passed out and like an ambulance came because it's so intense, they're saying. Hmm. Which, um, I don't know if that makes me excited for a movie right? or not. I don't know. It, to me, that just screams shock value and I'm not necessarily, I'm not into that at all much. Yeah. So, but anything, any type of art that elicit that elicits that type of response, you're a little curious about. I'm a it, little right? curious, but like I always, I've always like George Lucas always used to say, anyone could like slaughter a cat on screen and you'll get an emotional response. You know, like to me, I'm not saying it isn't art, but it's not my, it's not my bag. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, of, of course, I'm gonna have a, a response to that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but again, but yeah, but is it? the response come from the way that it was filmed is it yeah right like, who knows really yes. gritty is it like very surreal like i don't know sound design right then, yeah. yeah so i'm curious have you ever you ever come close to passing out of a movie no no there's been parts where i've looked away and was like nope i'm just not going to even entertain that um 127 hours being one of them i never seen it i did at the end of the lap i looked away at the end of the lobster mm-hmm. when he was gonna yeah. poke his eyes out yeah spoilers <laughs> i i looked away because i was a little shocked yeah. but um man i can i can't think of movies that we haven't really seen any gruesome movies really no no like the witch might be the most probably Maybe the only like quote-unquote horror movie we've seen too yeah i mean if you don't i don't really count the visit no That's i don't at all movie. but I did kind of look away when the grandpa poops his pants or whatever. Is that what happened? And he stuffs it in the kid's face. Is that what yeah, happened? Yeah. That happened. I can't believe we watched that. Um, yeah, you won't find that at the Toronto Film Festival. <laughs> did you um, anything, you hear any other buzz from Toronto right now? I mean, it's still ongoing. Yeah, it's still speak. going on. Um, I, I've been hearing positive reviews about things. I think didn't Snowden um, screen at... Um, yeah, Toronto. I, I think, think it so. was pretty favorably reviewed, um, which is kind of cool. Which comes out theatrically this week. Yeah, this it? week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I heard more good buzz about La La Land. Um, really excited about this Nocturnal Animals Tom Ford movie. Which um, which did that win at Venice? That won the won Grand something? Jury Prize, okay. which I don't know how that is different from the Golden Lion or whatever the <laughs> right. The one is, um, 
but yeah, I, and now I'm getting real excited for La La Land because um, not only is it getting good reviews out of these festivals, but um, Emma Stone won Best Actress at Venice. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Are you hearing? Have you heard anything about? I almost don't want to know because I kind of want to be a surprise. But I'm just curious. Have you heard anything about? We we had, we talked last week about whether or not we think it's like a full on musical or not. Have you heard anything about that? I I don't read the reviews. I, I look right, at the I headlines, yeah. so I don't even really want to know. Okay, good. Okay, because me neither. I try to stay away from these reviews. Yeah, and yeah, until I see it, then I like yeah. to go in and look and see right. what other people and what other people's thoughts are, but. If it's a movie that's coming way down the pipeline, I don't want to really know too much about it other than what's planned release to me like on a trailer or something. Right. But um I like knowing whether something's good, whether like I should look forward to it or not, but not anything as far as like plot yeah, I mean, and either. stuff. I do like to go into these movies, as I said last week with uh Hell or High Water. I didn't know anything. I think I enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Sully, I didn't really know. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, well, when we get to it, I was surprised how many people don't really know about this or, like, don't remember it or don't. Yeah, like, well, I don't want to say, but my roommate didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk about it. Um, anything else from TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival? No. You ever I mean, desire to go? I mean, it's right, it's right over there. We're in Detroit. It's right there. I feel like we've said this on. You, we have it. You don't really want to go to any film festivals like it's not your thing i would if i was like getting paid to like cover it or like work it and like getting paid to see stuff well, you don't even like i mean you and mitch don't like seeing movies with a crowd in general <laughs> well that too right yeah. but <laughs> but you, you would assume the festivals that, as crowdy as it gets. <laughs> you would you would think that festival movie watchers are um, more um, respectful considerate and, and they're, of, they're there for the movie yeah not to yeah. make out with their or bring a baby into or the theater baby, yeah. or anything like that. But I, I like I obviously I like movies. We've been doing this for a year and a half now. Yeah. Um, the idea though of seeing four movies like in a day in a row, and some people even do more than four, is like, I don't think I could do it and and keep up that stamina and enjoyment for a movie. Um, over that period of time, at some point I'm just like, fuck, I want to go outside, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, I've always felt that way too, but um, I think I'll be taking my first foray into film festivals next year, so yeah, um, yeah we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm very interested. I mean, but it is like, you know, we don't, in the Midwest, there's not, that's the biggest film festival, really, if you consider it the Midwest, Toronto. Yeah. Um, maybe one day, Colin, we'll all go. Podcast from the, from TIFF. I definitely do that. Hey, that'd be sweet. But we'll do it, Nick. Well, I'm 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 proclaiming right now, TIFF 2017. We're going. Oh boy. Okay. We're doing it. Okay. All right. Sure. Get those. And maybe maybe Traverse City too. We should do Traverse. I would City. do that too. And but the, the other thing too is it's like, what movies do I see? There. What what is there like, 700 movies right, so or something to, that plays? And, choose, yeah. and like, do I really want to see a movie that's going to premiere here in my home city in two weeks anyway? It's like. Well, Toronto is weird like that. They're not, most of them aren't like, I mean, if you go to Sundance, it's not like that. Yeah. I mean, if you, yeah, if you go to certain film festivals, a lot of them you won't, you won't see for a while. Yeah. So Toronto is different. Toronto is like the. Lay, like laying the groundwork for your Oscar movies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is like the things will premiere there that are very. Yeah. 
I think Happy. The Martian premiered there, right, right, and then right. it like came out two weeks later, and yeah. like The Martian was like the hottest ticket in town to get. And I'm just like, right. it's coming like down the street in like two weeks. Right. I don't really need to see this. Yeah, I would be way more be interested to see like foreign films that I'm never going to get the chance to see. Right. Tiff. Yeah. Um. Other news basically is uh, the Emmys are st- have started basically, but the primetime Emmys are this Sunday. Shmemmys. Um, the Shmemmys. The, the what? <laughs> those are the, those are the pre Emmys. The Shmemmys. The Shmemmys. Why is that? I don't know. I think I heard Kathy Griffin. Oh, okay. Call it that yeah, Shmemmys. 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 It's like they're awards, but they're not good enough to be on TV. <laughs> Shmemmys. Shmemmys. It's like batting practice. Yeah. Um. Colin, what do we got with the Emmys this year? What's hap- who is nominated? What's what's happening? All right, so um, Emmys, TV, um, the- yes, TV. Wait, this is we're officially this is award season in a way, right? Yeah, the, essentially it's a start. Yeah, right. kick um, off. The uh, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but if I recall correctly, People vs. OJ Simpson has the most nominations of any TV show um, under the made-for-TV movie miniseries um, headline or Mm. category. Game of Thrones also has a lot, and Veep, I think those are the top three shows that are nominated. So that's interesting. I mean, last year it seemed like Veep and Game of Thrones had a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's no no different. And you you have this. This is like... In the Emmys, it's like perennially the good shows kind of get nominated over and over again. Um, New shows that are getting nominated. Um, In the drama side we got the americans which has been on tv for a few seasons but mm-hmm. it's finally getting some nominations mr robot which is um a new show on usa that got nominated for best drama um homeland i feel like is always in there but um after a few not so great seasons it's back getting nominated for things um that's on the uh, drama side on the comedy side um blackish which is a ABC show gets nominated. Um, Master of None, which is the yeah, Netflix I'm show. That, yeah. um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which I don't think was nominated last year during its first season. It could be wrong there, but um, that's also nominated for comedy against perennial favorites, you know, like right. Silicon Valley and Transparent, Veep, Modern Family. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. I it's, I like that. I mean, you're seeing a good variety here. I think of, like you're saying, you got you have network shows like like Blackish, and then you have the Netflix stuff, and uh, of course the HBO and Showtime sort of thing, mm-hmm. which is um, really interesting. I think as we as we move forward. I mean, even you do have it's it's interesting that like network network TV. I mean, Mr. Robot and The Last Man on Earth. I mean, these things are still they're still keeping pace with all these other shows that I think uh, there's a perception out there. I think that like Netflix, HBO and uh, paid, mm-hmm. paid for uh, pay-per-view, I guess. I don't know. No, you don't pay-per-view, but um, those sort of things are, they're really producing the quality in TV, but at the same time, there are these net, these, these network shows and people of OJ Simpson falls into that category, which is, you know, not, ne- not network, but it's, it's, it's FX. It's cable. It's cable. Yeah. But I'm saying it's not, it's Different not like, it's not network, but I mean, same with this robot, that's USA, but yeah. it's, it's, I mean, Breaking it, Bad it's old like, school 
format TV, so to speak. Yeah, like commercials. Yes, commercials. <laughs> so I find that interesting. I think it's good for those. It's good for USA and like FX to be to be keeping up with that sort of thing. Yeah, even Fox, which I think. Like, did you watch Last Man on Earth? I saw a few episodes of the first season, and I enjoyed it. It's just yeah, I never, never kept up. I never right. like kept up right. watching. Yeah. Right. Do you have any favorites here? Uh, I like to see Game of Thrones um, win. I I don't think they they've won um, drama series before, so I like to see that. Um, I like to see uh, now. I mean, this is like I guess two sides, but like. Julia Louis Dreyfus, amazing in Veep. Of course, we know this. Yeah, she's won. Everyone's known this because she's won the past yeah. four or five years. Right. Like to see someone else get that. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is like one of my big like gripes about the Emmys too. It's like you have people that are nominated every year, and you know people like Julia who win every year. People like. Um, Alec Baldwin would win a lot. Um, Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory would win a lot too. Mm. It's, I mean, yes, they're playing these the same characters and they have a new arc, m- most hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm I'm much more excited to see someone new win something, being recognized for maybe a lesser show. Um, Lily Tomlin for Grace and Frankie, example. I would love to see her win. Um, I even love to see Amy Schumer win for Inside Amy Schumer. Um, and the lead actress in a comedy series. Um, I want O.J. Simpson to win as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I mean, granted, to be honest with you, that's like one of the only things I've really watched fully on here. But because um, as as you may know, I mean, you know, and some people may know, I'm, I just do not keep up with TV as it's being aired. But I did watch every bit of that O.J. Mm-hmm. Simpson thing. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, you think it will? Yeah. I think it would. I think it's gonna win the series. Um, I get nervous when it's when its actors are nominated for a few times in the same category. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the lead actor in a limited series, you got Cuba Gooding and Courtney B. Vance both nominated for um, O.J. Simpson and Johnny Cochran. Um, I hope the guy who plays Johnny Cochran wins. Are you surprised that Cuba Gooding Jr. is nominated? Yeah, but he like, has a, he has a really strong first two episodes, right? And and, and to be and fair to him, his, those are his submit ones. Yeah, those are really the only OJ episodes, yeah. honestly, in the whole thing. Yeah, um, but still, kind of surprised. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you submit the episode that you feel shows off your strongest work, and that's what they compare. I guess the, they, bron- they don't... the Bronco Chase was like pretty amazing. He yeah, pretty yeah, what he was doing there was pretty great. Um, I really hope. Um, Sarah Paulson wins it uh, for her Marsha Clark. Yeah. Which I don't know if we. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> no, I do too. I think she was absolutely incredible. It's one of those things where, um, you know, do you think it's easier? I mean, do you think, as from an acting standpoint, it'd be easier to? portray someone who's been it's a, a, well, we, I think we talked about this a little bit with um, the LBJ movie when Anthony Mackie's doing uh, Martin Luther King yeah I mean yep. someone who's so prolific in history being filmed and you know I would obviously Marsha Clark and Johnny Cochran and OJ Simpson would fall into those categories I mean do you think it's easier to portray someone like that or is it more impressive to be like 
wow, she really nailed Marsha Clark and that's crazy. Or is it like, well, of course she did because she just had to mimic, you know, the courtroom scenes. Which I also, I mean, I think that you could see she really got into the non-courtroom scenes. And if you've heard, if you've heard Marsha Clark talk, mm-hmm. it seems like she nailed it. No. Um, but I mean, do you, do you have a, does it not matter? No, I don't. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, and yeah, I think the scenes where um, Sir Paulson stands are are the ones that aren't in the courtroom. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't really matter to me. Okay. This is an interesting category. Yes. Well, just because we have three people um, from People vs. O.J. Simpson in one category. Um, the supporting actor uh, for a limited series. We got Sterling King K. Brown for his Darden performance, John Travolta for his uh, Shapiro performance, and David Schwimmer for his Kardashian performance. And then we have the three other people nominated in that category. Wait, who are the other three? These are all for. Um, uh, support- I'm seeing it. Okay, so yeah. Hugh Laurie and. Did you watch The Night Manager? No, I don't even know what that is. That's the uh, Tom Hiddleston thing, right? What? Yeah, that was like his James Bond tryout. What is I? What What was it on? AMC. What? He was like a like a I don't know a spy or something. I don't. I know nothing of this. Sold. Yeah, recruited as an intelligence operative. Anyways, um, oh. uh, people voted Simpson. Uh, David Schwimmer as Robert Kardashian, John Travolta as Robert Shapiro, and um, what's his face? Sterling, Sterling K. Brown as Chris Darden. Who's your favorite of those? Out of those ones, um, I like Sterling K. Brown. Me um, too. I absolutely like. I actually really like John Travolta in it too. Like I liked him for being like as awful of like. Yeah, he really pulled off that role. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I love, I just, I mean, it's, I like having watched the OJ documentary and this almost back to back. I mean, I really got into the character of Chris Darden. Mm. I think there's a, there's a tragic element to Chris Darden that, uh, Sterling K. Brown really, really pulls off, um, better than actually watching the courtroom stuff. Mm. Like, uh, you kind of, he's playing more, he's playing a character there too, not just Chris Darden. He's playing like an aspect of this Americana that is interesting. And yeah, I'd love for him to win it. I don't know. I, I Have you seen him in anything else? You know him for anything else? No. I don't so he's but, not the one from Detroit. It's, I know it's either him or, um, Courtney B Vance is from Detroit. He's not. No. Okay. Oh yeah. You going to watch the Emmys? I probably will. Okay. Well, else am I, doing? I might. I maybe I'll. I like that Jimmy Kimmel's hosting. I like him. I like Jimmy Kimmel. Um, yeah. I've. I mean, I've seen a lot of a lot of this stuff. I'd like to see who wins. Although, but I, I. Emmys are one of my worst predictors. Ones though. I'm awful at predicting. Do you not? Are you gonna fill out like a fake ballot? Of course I will. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about your results next okay. time. But that's the thing. Like I always like pick someone who hasn't won before and it's just I should just always pick who like is the right, best safe safe bet um alright that's basically it you got any other movie stuff you want to talk about no not really no I mean this 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 isn't really news like new news but this is something that you know has been brought up a few times um in the past few weeks mm-hmm. in, in conversations I've had outside of the show um 
a little while back, and I, I'm this is bad for not having the article in front of me. But um, Matt Balmer was cast in a movie as a trans um, sex worker, um, where he would be playing a, I believe, a female, a trans female. Or Matt Balmer is obviously man. Right. <laughs> uh, cast by Mark Ruffalo as a producer of this movie that he's um, will be in. Mark Ruffalo cast Matt Balmer according to Mark Ruffalo, because he worked with him in the HBO movie, a normal heart and wanted to work with him. He was impressed by his work there. Likes working with him, cast him as his part. Right. Uh, the uproar it caused on social media for casting Matt Bomar as a trans worker, um, sex trans sex worker was, <laughs> of course I get the argument. I, I get it. I get what they're saying. I, yeah, but we also have to, I think, realize that this is acting, and millions of dollars are at stake, and people wanting to get the best performers, their friends working, working with people that you might not normally even get the chance to work with. Right. This all plays into casting. Um, so the argument that I see online of people making that trans parts should be exclusively reserved for trans actors. While I would love to see trans actors um, portrayed in uh, on screen more. Of course. Of yeah, course of I want to see that. Um, I also don't think it should just be exclusive to them to play these parts. I mean, it is acting. I think it is a challenge for any actor to play uh, a part like this um and i mean that's of course it's a challenge to live a trans life as well and you know live it successful as an actor if that's something you want to try to do too right but my big thing i think people are not focusing on the fact that trans parts like that shouldn't be the goal for trans actors like it should just be a part any part, any right. part. right <laughs> which I, I get that we have to take baby steps to get you know recognition but I, I for me if I I, I don't want to say if I was but I would want to strive for something better and something more interesting than portraying something in my everyday life right so you're, you're <laughs> saying like you're saying that like we should be talking more about a trans actor playing any gender and any role yeah, yeah. Right. and it's like uh, as a gay man like I don't expect that only gay people only can gay be cast in, in gay parts. And, right. and I wouldn't necessarily even want to be cast as a gay person in a movie. I mean, that's, a, that's something I could do easily because I love that. Right. Uh, it would be more challenging and more rewarding and fun for me to, to do something different. Right. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I see it. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, can, I, I, didn't, I don't know about this. I'm not really sure. I don't know much about the movie or anything like that. But I, I, I can, you know... I can picture the social media uprising with, you know, the headline that says what Mark Ruffalo doesn't understand about trans acting. Mm-hmm. And then there's an article about why Matt Bomer shouldn't be in, in that role. And, and I, I am sensitive to the, to these things, but I'm with you. I mean, there's, I, we can, we can come up with a million analogies. Um, for roles that people play, that they're not 
Yeah. You can do this. It can be an age analogy. Uh, like I think you, like you were saying before the show, it could be um, a physical ailment analogy. I mean, you know, like you don't necessarily have to be, you were saying, you know, in a wheelchair mm-hmm. to play a, a character in a wheelchair. Yeah. Um, so I get it. But um, and I also I, I like your point about about. You know, and I think we will get to this point where you see a trans actor play any given gender you know, yeah. in a leading role and it being a, not a part of the character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm tired of seeing a trans sex worker. Like how many times do we have to fucking get that in movies? Like, <laughs> right. like, like every trans character in a movie is someone with like, uh, it's, it's all, it's almost become cliche at this point. Yeah. That I mean, that's not saying like a struggle that a trans character faces a movie isn't something that people have to have had to deal with but it's to me it shows a lack of like imagination and inventiveness of writers that they pigeonhole trans people into these types of characters that they be that they're going to portray i don't know but in, in this just popped in my head too well i mean I, I, it's like back in the day i mean there was certain like if it was a movie about a black character it was like about specific things yes to like black community mm-hmm. or like stereotypes or even if you know what I mean yeah um, which is it's uh, sad but it's part of what you're saying it's the baby steps mm-hmm. of like integrating into yeah the mainstream and what I what I just thought of too like weren't we all when the Tony Awards going on praising Hamilton for not casting like white, white like, people in white roles yeah yeah we were like oh they cast they <laughs> just a, they part. cast the most talented people for that role those Regardless, people just happen to be right. black who the fuck cares right. like i don't care that thomas jefferson's black if he's the best performer he should be playing that role right now now it's all you know big uproar that right. oh. <laughs> <laughs> people love to be uproarish these days yeah they do and I am more focused on actual trans rights than I am who plays in a movie to me. And it, it's, it's it's frustrating for me because Matt Balmer is an openly gay actor. Right. Mark Ruffalo is a huge ally of, yeah, yeah. you know, these um, trans and gay rights. It's to like to sort of dog these people that are allies to our community, um, the LGBTQ q plus community is i don't i just think it's the inappropriate way to go about showing your displeasure for for something there's better ways to be and if i would say if you're like you're not happy with the story that's being portrayed like go out there and make your own art get a camera and make a fucking movie and show us your struggle and what you want to see in a movie and you know what at the end of the day you just made a piece of art and if 10 people see it great if one person sees it great if millions of people see it, great. It's, I don't know. I can choose that. Everyone should do that. Yeah. Tell your story. Everyone should tell their own story. And we all got stories to tell. We do. That's true. We do. Great. If you have, th- <laughs> I, 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 if you have thoughts on this, feel free to email us at wordsfilmcasts at gmail.com. We're, we're open. I wanna, this, it's an interesting subject. Absolutely. It's a complicated subject. It's very hard. Very um, and I'm sure it's one that's going to evolve in the next few years, for sure. Um, 
Should we get to our movie of the week? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, this week we saw uh, Sully, directed by Clint Eastwood, um, based on the true story of Chesley Sullenberger, great name, captain of the U.S. Airways flight that uh, landed in the Hudson River in 2009. Uh, lost a couple engines in the sky, had to land, and did it in the Hudson. This movie um, kind of takes on the uh, angle of the story that not a lot of people know, I guess, or who's to say how accurately it's portrayed, but... Um, the the backlash or the investigation that went on after the landing to see if landing in the river was really the right thing to do, mm-hmm. as miraculous as it was. Um. Um. B- 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 what else? Um. The, before we get before we get into the I, mean, I think it's we'll just get straight into it. But before we get into the movie. Um, there, <clears throat> sorry. There is a Michigan connection to this film. There is. Um, this is based off a book called Highest Duty, about Sully, the the captain of the U.S. Airways flight, written by Jeffrey Zaslow, who is uh, the late Jeffrey Zaslow, who's from Michigan, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, should we get into it? Let's do it. All right, Colin. Yeah. You you saw it. I saw it last night. Uh huh. Uh huh. You saw it today. I did. What'd you think of Sully? Well, you know what? Let's back up. Back up. Steer me in the right. Direction. We're getting. We're getting. We're getting into. We're getting into Oscar season. I would say this is maybe. Well, yeah, Hell and High Water last week in this mm-hmm. film. As far as movies that you can go see in any multiplex right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. these are the first movies of the year that are getting off Oscar buzz. And I sent you and I. We actually, Hell or High Water is already getting more Oscar buzz than I thought it would get. Great. Which is awesome. We I both love, love that I, movie. I love that article you sent me too. It was it so really keep, keep me updated. It was kind of fascinating too. Some yeah. of them in there. Um, it's funny because sorry because those are movies that aren't out yet. It's funny where these people place these things. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, let's talk about Mr. Clint Eastwood for a second because um, this is a, a film of his. Mm-hmm. What is he? What, how old is he now? Um, Skeleton age, I believe. Yes, yeah, eighty six. Yeah. Is that what's going on right now? What? No, seventy six. Let's see. He is not eighty six. <laughs> Eastwood is eighty six years old. No. Yes, he is. Good God. So Clint Eastwood, <laughs> the director of this film, famous actor. Um, what do you? Let's just. I want to before we get into Sully. Let's talk about Mr. Clint Eastwood as as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you stand with him as a as a director and in, in your okay. taste and preference? This is going to be a point during my review of Sully that I was going to make about Clint Eastwood. Me too, but I so, yeah. Um, I've seen a good number of Clint Eastwood movies. I haven't seen a lot, I would say, but I've seen I think. Four, five directed Clint Eastwood movies, um, and this is a trend I most I've noticed more recently. Now I did not see American Sniper, me neither. Um, but I did see Gran Torino. I did see Million Dollar Baby. I did see Sully, and I am not sure. Invictus. I did not see Invictus, but um, a thing I've noticed for him recently as opposed to when he uh, directed Unforgiven say yeah um he is an extremely safe director extremely safe don't does not take much risk as far as um shot selection um colors um 
even story i even the way he approaches a story i think is a very um not it's a very removed view of the story um which i guess can be good and bad um that you're not putting your own personal opinions in with the story but also i like to see that in director because otherwise what's the point in making it um so if i had to sum up a my view of Clint Eastwood, I think, extremely safe and predictable. So we have we have very similar views on this. Maybe it's not a hot take at all because I think everyone sees this. For me, the word is straightforward. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like, and I've heard this as much as we. You know, he shot Gran Torino here, so I, I know a few people that have worked with him before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, it's very like, all right, camera's on a tripod, rolling, do your thing, cut. Let's move on, mm-hmm. which I think there's a lot to admire about that. It's a lot of why he's successful as a director, because he is an actor's director, kind of like a coach's coach. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done this before and he lets the actors do what they got to do. Let's all get going. Let's move on. The script's there. It's great. Let's just make it a movie. Um, in the in that sense, it's not sensational. I mean, you look at the the Robert Zemeckis plane crash movies of uh, of of. Uh, Tom Tom Hanks's career, and you look at Sully's plane crash in this movie. I mean, one is all three, or which I guess are Castaway. Well, I, I okay, Castaway and uh, Flight. Well, Flight. I was thinking was, was another Tom Hanks one though. Isn't there? Is there? What was I thinking of? Whatever. You look at those. You look at Flight and Castaway. I mean, those are scary. Uh, very sensationalized uh, plane crashes, and then you look at Sully, which is just like it's very it's over, over very quick, mm-hmm. um, which is more realistic. It's very like we're just there watching. This is what happens. Yeah, but like as you say, sometimes his films come up a little empty. I think I felt that with Invictus a little bit. Like that should be a very powerful emotional film that was just like oh, it's a good story, mm-hmm. kind of in the way that like. When I see Miracle, I like that film, but it doesn't change anything for me. Where like I would rather just watch the ESPN Classic version of the 1980 Olympic hockey game. Okay, you know, that's you know that's my sort of thing. Not like I would rather watch a plane crash to the Hudson River, but you know what I'm saying. So that all being said, our views on the straightforward filmmaking of uh, Clint Eastwood. What do you think of this? Um, Sully in, um going along with the straightforward um, filmmaking, I think it's beneficial in this area and harmful in, the, in, in this movie. I liked his actual approach to um, the way he filmed the crash sequence um, and how almost mundane he made it, which I think really made um, our, uh, which helped our characterization of Sully. I agree. Yeah. Um, but then everything else, it was all, you know, like the the dream sequences and just the way everything else played out was, you know, so. I, it's only, I think, like, the dream sequences <laughs> don't seem like dream scenes. Is that no, what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, they're just. And. Because they, they don't fit the rest of the mundaneness of the movie at all. Yeah, and the way the street, the, the, just the whole story plays out was just very objective um i mean i i let me let me maybe let me just let me start broadly here sure and um then maybe i can 
figure out words to describe um, straightforwardness in it. I I enjoyed this movie. Um, there were parts I really liked about it, and parts that I thought to myself, "Why?" <laughs> There's a few why. <laughs> There's yeah. a few, few why. Yeah. Um, but let me start with the positives, sure. and then we can go into negatives. Right, let's do positives. Um, positives. Yeah, positives. Positives. I thought Tom Hanks was great in this movie, as sure. always. Of course. Um, he played this part um, so, I think, calculated, so smart, and um, reserved everything that I think of when I think of the actual Sully. And um, there were parts of this movie where I got really choked up. I don't know if it's because I was really tired. <laughs> I was up since five. 5.45 in the morning, I went right after work, but I get really um, happy, sad when I see people who take a lot of pride in their work and who like to make sure that they're doing the best possible job that they can do. Mm-hmm, that too. really gets me, and I cried a lot during this movie, and I think that was that, I think that was more so the reason rather than the actual um, filmmaking techniques that would get you to cry. It's kind, of, it's kind of like, you know what I said earlier about, like, anyone could kill a cat on screen and you have an emotional response to it. Anyone could save 155 lives on an airplane yeah. and you get emotional about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not taking away from the filmmakers. No. But like, it, it is an emotion. It's inherently a positive emotional movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Tom Hanks, huge plus uh, right. for me. Um, most of the acting I thought was really solid, too. Um, and I think... The um, the plane crash sequence, although we get it fragmented about three or four times throughout the movie, which maybe is a complaint for me. Um, if it was one edit of a single plane uh, crash sequence, I think it was really well done. <laughs> yeah, there was there was part there were certain selections of the plane crash sequence that I liked more so than other uh, sections of that. Yeah. Um. Overall, I thought this was a pretty solid movie, though. Right. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the positives here. I, I think it was a good movie. It's a, for sure, a, for sure a good movie. Um, for sure, something to see. For sure, I got emotional during this movie, Colin. And, you know, I, I'm not, this is not like, a, not a slight at the marketing of this movie or a slight at the choice of release date. But um, the, way I, the way I said this to Liz was, it was the positive plain movie I needed after... It was I for me a very emotional weekend of September 11th mm-hmm. remembrance. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really think that that's a coincidence when they released this movie. And there's some sequences. In and this there are movie. some there are some sequences and there's some mentions of of, of course. I mean, yeah. like I don't look at a plane the same way ever again. Yeah. But like, um, you definitely don't look at a plane crash the same way ever again. So. But I would I would say I think that's why. But I got I was like it was more emotional because of when I saw this movie um, on the heels of the 15th anniversary of September 11th. But like I said, it's it's a great it's it's a good movie. I mean, it's I think there's just there's an emptiness about it, and I think part mm-hmm. of it is, and I'll I'll also talk about this with my recommendation for the week. It's all coming together mm-hmm. full circle, but. Um, part of it is just it's kind of a weird it's almost it's very hard to structure a story uh, around this if you think about it because the climax is the moment that's a short moment I mean he talks for 208 seconds or whatever I mean, it's mm-hmm. a very short moment in time so that's your high point of, of uh, emotion in the movie which happens four times during the movie so you know what I mean it's like how do you really structure this in the way that, that, that Clint Eastwood 
there's this antagonistic plot of the people challenging him on the way he did it that seems to be the the first, second, and third act of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of wish it wasn't there in the movie because it should be more about the heroics, but then that's it's complicated. Like, you would talk about, like, what is his change in character here? Mm, no. No, and then it's fine. It doesn't have to be, but I'm just saying it makes it a very challenging movie. To It's a challenging script to make because it doesn't... Absolutely. The story itself in time and space doesn't follow conventional story structure. So, and that's not a fault on anyone. I mean, they're, they're trying to be truthful to the story. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, like, it doesn't inherently have a first, second, and third act. So I think that's why it kind of is just not great for me, but, like, it's a good film. Yeah. No, I get, I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I mean, what were the bad... I mean, in that... What, were, speak, what, what speak, didn't you like, I guess? It, it, it was that structure. Right. Um, How we would get these flashbacks that were really not needed in my opinion um and then jumps from you know the the crash as seen through eyes of onlookers the crash seen through the eyes of the passengers and then the crash seen through the eyes of the pilots i the very first crash sequence i was like so into it and then as the plane got over the river we take a step out of the plane and we don't get any inside of the plane until they hit the river. Yeah. You get these shots of people right. on the street seeing the plane. You get the shots of people in buildings seeing it. And that took me so out of it. That we were in we were in with the plane the whole time and then we're out of it. And the plane we just see the plane floating. We don't get any communication. We get the um air traffic control, air traffic guy, control yeah. guy, which was a little which was intense, yes, but I could have used some cutting back and forth. I agree, yeah. That was yeah. But then you see why they do it later. It was and this is an issue for me. Like I, I get it. That this is their big reveal that you want to hear what they actually say, but it felt like they were doing that just to have that kind of movie reveal moment. Right. So to that have, was more to have the story structure, but it doesn't. It's not cinematic. Yeah. To have them sit there and watch the uh, piloted uh, simulations fail, and then to hear the sound of their actual voice recordings just it's not like again i i could like i could understand reading this story or seeing a documentary about it but like cinematically it doesn't really go no and then you have aaron eckhart tell this joke at the end and it fades out i'm just it's like i don't mean to jump ahead but like it's very fragmented that since you brought up that is I don't think I've ever seen an ending like this. It was before. very weird, strange ending. It was literally like, "That's all, folks." <laughs> and I wonder, <laughs> God, I wonder if like that it, was shocking. It was shocking. <laughs> I don't. know. I wonder if the, if they. I guess this is like a half hour movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they needed it to be an hour and a half. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, we're nitpicking, I think, but at the same time, it's like it's obvious. Like there's things like Sam Huntington and and his dad and brother, the the the, the three guys running through the airport that get on the plane at the last moment. There's a story there, but yeah. you don't get it really. You, yeah, you get it midway through the movie, uh-huh. and then it kind of pays off in some sort of way. But 
and then you have like the old woman and her daughter. I mean, you, they kind of like introduce you to the characters on the plane midway through the very, movie. Very weird. Yeah, very, very strange. Yeah. Actually, when that whole when that whole sequence was happening, I. I, I thought to myself, this is very strange that we're getting this conversation about a snow globe right now. Like, is the snow globe going to be, like, a factor yeah, in this movie? Think, yeah, you think it's going to be, don't you? And, yeah, and it really not. did. And then... Maybe that was supposed to be the end of the movie. <laughs> they decided, <laughs> no. They like, cut back to she's playing with the snow globe. Rosebud. She goes, I'm sorry, I'm Rosebud. Um, but, um... <laughs> it's a plane in water. <laughs> In the snow globe, the guy at the airport. But um, it's as in the old. And so that's my was my first thought about it. But then I was like, no, they're just introducing these characters and giving them like a shitty like emotional like through for us as an audience to feel like scared for them when this plane is going down. And then I thought, what other movie did that but did it more successful? And then I thought, United ninety three. Like okay, so well, we'll get to my recommendation of the week. <laughs> but like, later. but yes. it it succeeds way more to on that aspect of introducing these characters, and not introducing them, but not even like really introducing them. Well, like, I was I mean the the United three is fascinating with the passions on the plane. I mean it's fascinating because, um, they don't you don't get their names in the movie. Yeah. You don't really learn much about them. Um, which I, well, I that's my recommendation for the week, but. Um, mm. and I'll talk about it later, but it's interesting because, like, the idea there is that they're a team. Yeah, which I thought was so fascinating. But yeah, they do it much better because they don't really dwell on a snow globe. Ba- yeah, I don't know. Yeah, getting to the golf tournament. Right. Yeah, it's it's weird because we don't need I, I in just in the terms of Sully, we don't need to get to know the characters on the plane to have sympathy for them because we do. I mean, we've, everyone's been on a plane before and it's scary. The the idea that you could crash. Yeah. So like we don't need to get to know the characters on the plane. We already get to know, you know, and like Sully's wife says, the the, other movie is like, there's 150 people, 155 people on board. And I just realized that you were one of them. Mm -hmm. So we already have our characters that we know, Aaron Eckhart and and Sully. Yeah. So we already have that. Yeah, we don't need to know about the other characters. Mm, nope, it was very strange for me. Yeah. Um. And I, I kind of wish the movie played more with. I mean, it did. I wish it went to this extreme more. The media firestorm that was happening and how conflicted Sully was with all of this. Like, we cut back to this crash sequence so many times that it doesn't feel like we can properly assess what psychologically is going on with Sully and I mean he's he's such a I mean the name this movie is like if anything like just like shows you like how much of like a passionate professional he is and I I get maybe if they were trying to stay to really um, you know to the book maybe the book doesn't get into this but as a dramatic movie I need some Sully yelling or some Sully like breaking down. Breakdown crying moment. And he almost gets it. He does almost get there. And I was like, are we going to have a Captain Phillips moment here? Like, because I love that moment of Captain Phillips. <laughs> but we don't get it. Um, you talking, talking about in the doctor's office? Yes. When he's told that all 155 survive? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a, I that's, thought that was going to be the Captain me Phillips too. moment. Me too. I thought, yeah. So... 
Yeah, that's, I kind of wish that the movie was in chronological order for this reason because you know what I wish the movie was more about would be more about the crash, more about because I'm not I don't want to compare it to it's a, it's hard to compare this to United ninety three because it's almost the opposite outcome point and mm-hmm. outcome and everything, but well not maybe not point but you know that movie's done in real time yeah and I think that's so fucking interesting and I think this movie maybe could have done the same thing. And real time in the sense of, you know, the crash is the first 20 minutes of the movie. But then him getting out of the boat and being like, I don't, that I'm seeing the boat sink basically, or the, the boat, I'm seeing the uh, plane sink basically, and I don't know if there's someone in there that I left, that I screw up, like yeah. this whole thing, do I even have to land it into the water? And you have the whole like rest of the movie for him to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But then when you cut back and forth from different points of time, you're like, I don't really know. Yeah. I don't know where he when I'm watching Tom Hanks I don't really know where he is in his growth to accepting that he did the right thing yeah and I think I think this is getting to the point of Clint Eastwood being such a straight shooter you I feel like you could have had Sully doing the morning preparations on the plane with the with Aaron Eckhart's people boarding the plane uh, the plane takeoff the plane crash the plane rescue that could have been forty minutes, right? And a lot of, of tension because we all because we all know what's gonna happen, like the Hitchcock thing. We know the bomb's gonna blow, you know, yeah. sort of Hitchcock. But like, we know the plane's gonna crash. Yeah, and they don't. There, there is your drama there. Yes, right. Yeah, I. There was a scene where uh, Tom Hanks and Aaron Eckhart are going over the checklist before they take off, and it's only like fifteen seconds. I'm like, I wish that was like four minutes, like to show you how meticulous these pilots are before they take off but they're right. like blip 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 yeah oh. I agree yeah and then you could have had the, could, the second half of the movie as you know the media firestorm um, you know him maybe suffering from some sort of PTSD which I'm sure he obviously did um, interview with Katie Couric the um, I forget, the acronym is now what the, the, the people, transportation yeah, safety yeah, yeah. I forget what the acronym is. Uh, NTSB. NTSB. Um, and that whole thing being the second half of the movie. Right. I would, leading up to the cor- court. And I know that I criticized this movie about its structure too, but I, I would you could do like a room thing where like the first half is in the room, in the airplane, and the second half is dealing with the aftermath of it. Yeah. And like it worked out pretty well for that movie. So, uh, yeah. So. That being said, I mean, we're just trying to restructure a good movie. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I think what he did was, as you say, is, is the safe bet, I think, which is like, it's a less scary version, I think, right? You know, it's not a very scary movie no. because it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, definitely hopeful. Mm-hmm. I, I think you could definitely have put a little more to on the, the New York being its finest that day. Everyone coming together. I love the thing at the end where where Tom Hanks Sully is all about like, no, I'm not the hero. Yeah, hundreds of people made this happen. Love that part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is not. I. This isn't the movie's fault. This is. Well, maybe it is if this isn't how it actually happens. But I feel like all that NTSB um, scene could have been saved in real life if they just would have listened to the audio right away. Did, right away. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, again, it's cinematic <laughs> yeah, drama. I know, I know. You know, they tried their best to like f- format it into some sort of. <laughs> just, just the idea, like everyone listening to this for the first time all together, was very strange to me. 
I don't know. It could happen. I'm, I, I'm I very know. interested. I'm very it could interested. happen because of the way like now, these hearings have to proceed. Now, we were know. talking before the show. Do you? I mean, do you? I vaguely remember this, honestly. And I think maybe part of me was like, I didn't want to really hear about it because I'm not afraid of planes. But like, even though it's a success story at the time, I don't think I was like, I don't. I mean, I was a freshman in college. I don't. But maybe I was like not. I, I didn't really have TV, I guess. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But did you do you remember much of this? I remember. I don't remember the day of it happening, or watching any news there. I remember seeing it maybe a day after, two days after, seeing all the interviews, um, just like on the, like the political roundup shows that I, I, I typically watch. Mm. Um, I remember. I remember those, but I don't remember. I don't remember the day of. I remember like I remember the talk shows afterwards discussing it, but in real time, no, did not watch it. Did not know it happened until a day or two afterwards. Cuz I'm finding that like a lot of my friends don't even like they're they're kind of confused. They're like, "Wait, that happened?" <laughs> Which is really funny. Maybe sad that we don't remember the successes in life. We only know the tragedies. Right. Seriously. But um Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I was just really hard on this movie. Um, I still was like very fascinated watching because I think the story itself is inherently interesting. Uh, I I I have so much respect for the actual character, like actual person Sully, that like I want to see this story. I want to see his story. Yeah, that um, he deserves like such I think high praise and high treatment. Um, that where that's maybe where some of my uh, why I'm I'm being so critical of it. Um, at the end of the day, I, 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 let's, I like this movie. I'm going to recommend this movie. Um, I mean, it definitely made me feel great. Like, it made me, we said, it made me very happy and proud. And I'm, I'm with you. I love seeing people and actors portraying people that are, love what they do. They're good at their professions mm-hmm. and they're perfectionists. They love that shit. Yeah. Um, and he's definitely that kind of person. I also am fascinated in flying. I think it's a it's a crazy thing. <laughs> we fucking fly, and he did a million passengers or whatever. I don't know whatever he said. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. So like, no, it's definitely a great film. I mean, it's good. Before let's wrap this up. I mean, where are the is there Oscar? Is it going to be Oscar buzz? I mean, the article I sent you, I think, had it in a bunch of places. Yeah. Um, preliminary Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Warner Brothers is pushing for it. Of course. This is like their Oscar movie. It's doing very well at the box office. Yeah. I, I didn't Which, foresee it being. I, you know, know what? I first. did. I think you're, I think you're going to see the, in a way, this is like the Martian of last year where it's just like, again, it's a very safe non-superhero drama that is, makes you happy in the fall. I think that this is like the post, I think the post box, blockbuster summer Oscar drama mm-hmm. movie that makes you happy is going to be like a big thing that studios strive for. Yeah. Um, so it's doing well. Warner Brothers is pushing it. What do you think it's going to get? I, Nominations. I don't know if it will get a lot, honestly, just because there's so much to come and it came out really early. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think the same thing like Hell and High Water, Hell or High Water is going to suffer from this too, which I think. Jeff Bridges is going to be the only thing recognized from that movie. Although there's a lot of other things I like about that movie. Um, oh, this movie, I, 
maybe Tom Hanks. That would be it, I think. Yeah. I I would be very upset if Eastwick got a director nomination for this. You know, maybe it is one of the ten best pictures of the year. I we'll see. I it could be. Yet. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the score? If you remember, you know, I'm always the one noticing that, or like very focused on it. I don't, re- I don't recall much of it. I mean, I, I do. I, I when he's running and shit. What was with those like choir singers in it? For- yeah, at the beginning. I mean, that's what I remember. At the beginning, I was like, I remember at the beginning hearing this choral kind of music and being like, oh, this could be good. But it, then it's not there for the rest of the movie, really, or it shows up sporadically. Yeah. 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 Kind of bizarre. And it almost reminded me of like a Titanic y vibe. Um, the... Yeah. Yeah. But I, it was it was distracting for me. I didn't, yeah. like it. I didn't like it. But do you recommend the movie? I do. I do I too. Do. I, I, it sounds like we don't, but I do too. <laughs> I really do. I mean, it's, it's a feel good movie. Yeah. No, if I was like grading this, I would give it like a solid B. I, I recommend this movie um, mostly because I love Tom Hanks. I love seeing him perform. And I think he does a great job here. And I like people realizing how, you know, how like in check pilots are, like how good they are at their job. Right. And almost it's such a thankless job. Like yeah. you're getting me around the world, like up in the air. It's like nu- it's, it's nuts. nuts. Yeah, it's, nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. And I, I kind of wish that they, you know, tapped on the idea like pilots are overworked they travel around a lot they sometimes do back to back to back yeah <laughs> like yeah. i wish they touched on that yeah um it's kind of mentioned but it's not really right it's safely mentioned uh, theme of clint eastwood fuck birds right <laughs> it's just the fact that <laughs> birds can do that is terrifying my dad has been on a, i think a couple flights where where I think one, like one engine, if not went out, it was these damage where they had to land because of birds. Well, it, it's the, it's a little more common I think than people think, and it's but it usually doesn't do that. No. <laughs> well, didn't the one stewardess uh, flight attendant say, um, like it sounded like birds? Well, we're, oh, gonna we're going back. To, yeah, we're going we're back to the have to Turn around now. Right. Yeah, because it, it's pretty routine. I think. Yeah, like it's not. It's like okay. Yeah, because they, they have to land to just see in case anything was damaged. Right. Yeah, yeah I think it's more of that than I think what my dad's been through. Mm-hmm. Is that you have to like they have to if, so, if something hits the engine they have to. Yeah. Get yeah. Um, but good movie, good movie, and I think I, I feel like this way about all Clint Eastwood movies that they're like they're they're good. I mean yeah. they're good films. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's uh, wrap it up with some recommendations for the week. Colin, you go first. What's, what's your, what are you recommending? Um, I'm hoping, I haven't checked that this is still on there, so I hope it is. I'm assuming it is. Um, it's Wednesday night. Um, South Park is premiering tonight. No, that's, um, uh, in 10 minutes, I think. I know. <laughs> um, so Hulu has, I believe, all the seasons of South Park. Yeah, I think Park. it does. Um, such a great show. I am so excited to see what the... I thought last season was great. I thought last season was the best season of South Park. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I love them tapping into... More so in like you know the past like six seasons. They've really gotten into this tapping the pulse of what America is talking about and subverting it and s- satirizing it. And it's, it's genius. It's, 
I don't know. Maybe the best show it's ever. It's genius. It always, <laughs> last season made me smile every episode, but then want to cry afterwards <laughs> every episode. And I, I have no doubt in my mind that this season's going to be worse in that regard of the crying, I think. Not really crying, but just being completely. It's a big. South Park is always a big mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if not to yourself, sometimes to everyone around you, though, for sure. Um, and uh, they definitely have the material this this in 2016. So, yes. holy shit! Hold on to your butts, Colin Kaepernick and Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, because they're gonna go after everyone. I'm sure. Maybe podcasts. I hope they have a podcast episode. That'd be great. Yeah. Where they make fun of us. I would be honored. I would be honored. <laughs> not uh, not specifically because that's never gonna happen. But you know what I mean. Um, as I mentioned, um. So this was the yeah, 9-11, 15th anniversary was this weekend, and I, to- I talked to my friend on Friday about how I've never seen United 93, mm-hmm. and uh, he was like, you got to see it. You got to see United 93. I said, okay, maybe. Had no intention of watching it. On Saturday, I do this every year, but more this year, I was like, you, you binge watch every History Channel, CNN thing about 9-11 because it's a way to, it's my way of like remembering. A&E had this movie called Flight 93 that was on. And I started watching it. It's their version. No offense to people over at Annie, it's just complete crap. Like not a good movie. <laughs> and it just didn't really give me the oomph either about like the moment in history. And and just completely uh, coincidentally, after that on the History Channel, they were, I think it was History Channel. They were playing the, the United ninety three Paul Greengrass movie. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I was just like, holy shit. So I watched those back to back, which is fascinating because one was really shitty. And then one was United 93. So United 93 came out in 2006. And I remember when it came out, I was like, you know what? I don't want to see this movie. I said, it's too soon for this shit. They're exploiting this. They're trying to make money off of it. I think it's dumb. I think it's it's just not it's not right yet. Let's wait maybe to the 15th anniversary to do this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came out, I remember people said it was good and that I was wrong and they should go see it. And uh, I watched it on Saturday, and I was wrong. I think that there's so much heart in this film. I think that, like we, we said, it's in real time. It's 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 devastating. It is as f- it's it, if if any movie can make you feel like you felt on that day, United ninety three is the film because it is about the, f- the flight ninety three, but it is also about the chaos of that morning and the mm-hmm. people that did their best to try and stop things from happening after. And, and in some cases probably did stop stuff. We don't really, we'll never really know. But, um, and I speak from the air traffic control and FAA side of things and from Dick Cheney and the White House. I mean, like this whole thing where like, they were like, look, we have the go, shoot something down if, if, if there's yeah. another one. So absolutely frightening and terrifying. Anyways, great movie. I would say one more thing about what's, I had a, I had a really fascinating moment watching this film as I was like almost tearing up at the end of it. Um, where it's a moment in history we all know about. I grew up kind of obsessed with this idea that people would actually risk their lives to stop. I mean, it's amazing. It's the most patriotic American thing mm-hmm. you can ever think of. So it's something that we all know very well. But regardless of that, it's so cinematic and it's so, um, in in a good way, sensationalized that when you're when you're watching the last two minutes of this film as they're as they're rushing the cockpit, there's something in my mind that was like they're going to do it, meaning they're going to actually take control of this plane and, and land it safely. 
Like you actually, it's like weird. And and then you realize, no, because it's mm-hmm. real life and that's not what happened. And it's fucking sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so kudos to Paul Greengrass and the people that made this movie because it is actually an amazing tribute to that day and that flight. Yeah. That's- I don't know if it's on demand. This is, I'm going off the pass of our, our, our things here, but I don't know if it's on Amazon. I don't know where it is, but if you can go out and watch this movie, you should. I saw it on Netflix a few months ago. I don't know if it's I still did there. too, and I don't know if it still is. Because it had a weird poster. I'm like, that doesn't look like it. And then I clicked yeah. on I'm like, oh, that's it. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my emotional um, recommendation. Of the yeah, movie. that's a, that's a that's a really powerful, really, really well done movie. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Yeah, that's when I think of them. Did you, I, see, I did you see it in theater? No, no, I saw it years after. And I feel like I, did you did you, did you have reservations of seeing it? I knew it was going to be trouble, and the, I mean not trouble. I knew it was going to be hard, hard yeah, to watch. Yeah, hard to watch. Um, yeah. And then you know, Greengrass got the director nomination mm-hmm. for it. And, uh, still, I didn't see it then. And then I I got into movies, and then I was like, I should. I I actually went and saw what who was nominated for best director, like and years previous i'm like those are normally a good sign of a, of a good movie so i tried yeah. to watch it and that was one of them so i'm like okay i'm gonna sit down and watch this and it, yeah it was totally different than what i expected and it felt just like a punch in the gut every single moment there's this whole looming thing of dread throughout the whole thing and it's it's so well executed and but what you were just talking about it and i Thought I'm I'm like I think Tom Hanks was involved in United ninety three. Then I don't know if he is, but I remember watching an Inside the Actor Studio with Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. and uh, it was during the question part part of it. And Tom Hanks is asking a question, and about I think it was about background actors or like making a name as an unknown. And Tom Hanks brought up United ninety three in this Inside the Actor Studio, and just went on this big speech about you know about acting but also about how great that movie was and then know, there's a little well because because I read, I read more about this because it, it, Paul Greengrass intentionally didn't cast anyone who was recognizable basically yeah. and all these actors do an amazing job anyways you know mm-hmm. you don't have to be a big name to do a good job at acting and yeah. it's an important thing too I think that like there isn't a Tom Hanks in this film yeah I think that's really and they could have easily done that Mm-hmm. Frank Beamer, the Let's Roll guy from Flint, you could easily um, have casted Brad Pitt in that role. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, yeah. there's a genuineness to doing what he did in, in casting unknowns. Yeah, definitely. And there's crazy things like the guy who plays the FFA, FAA officer is the real guy. Like there's I think I saw crazy that. Yeah. things like that, which blew my mind afterwards. Yeah, because I think if I. I think when I got it out, I bought it on Blu-ray a few years ago, and I watched the special features making up. I think there was a lot of he lot tried of that, to like yeah. getting people who were there on the day into yeah. the room somehow. Very crazy. Yeah. All right. Um, that about does it for us this week. We'll be back next week um, with another film and some happier recommendations. Um, <laughs> well, maybe another film that starts with an S is a one-word name about a guy. <laughs> Snowden. Oh, yeah. Snowden comes out this weekend. <laughs> I just forgot about that. Yeah. Real original. We can talk about that. We should have a whole podcast on 
Yeah. <laughs> well, Flight you... is the worst movie title ever. I, <laughs> yeah, I hate, I hate that. All right. Um, or The Walk. Robert Zemeckis is full of them. All right. Um, <laughs> he's like the Adam Sandler of movies. You know what I mean? He just, Adam Sandler just names his movies after the main character. It's so Mr. Deeds, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, <laughs> Chuck and Larry. All right. Um... That is about does it for us. We will be back next week, uh, hopefully with all three of us, and we will talk about another movie. Maybe we'll hear Mitch's thoughts on Sully. I'm very interested to hear. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week. For Colin, I'm Kale. Bye. Take care. This has been a WoodwardsDetroit.com production, your Detroit avenue to alternative pop culture talk. 